You got the song, Carrie? A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Carrie Rose. An almost <laughs> happy birthday. You told me your birthday is in two days' time, 17th of March. It is. Yes. St. Patrick's Day. Um, I, I see that as a lucky thing, I think, um, but I'm really excited. Brilliant. My daughter's birthday is the 17th of March. I think it's a wonderfully lucky thing and all the best people are born on the 17th of March. Ah, that's amazing. Yeah, that is really good. <laughs> and also, like, you know, we've had a pandemic, so the last two years we haven't really been able to celebrate our birthdays. So this year I'm actually, I'm going away. Well, I'm only going to like a, a tree house. You know, one of these on Airbnb. Um, but that's what I need. I need to go relax in a tree house. I'm really excited. <laughs> well, Carrie's going to a treehouse. It sounds more like a, a kid's birthday party with jelly yeah. ice cream to me, but that, that's absolutely perfect. I, I would be up for that, but I'm not invited, of course. Um, <laughs> let's start with your brand SERP. I always do this. I look at people's brand SERPs and you have a delightful knowledge panel over on the right-hand side. Uh, really lovely <laughs> results with your Twitter account. You're obviously very active on Twitter. I also wanted to point out that more and more Google is showing the company when you search for the person. And the person when you search for the company, and it's making these associations much, much, much more than it used to. So you are obviously associated with Rise at Seven. Tell us really quickly who Rise at Seven are. Yeah, sure. Search First Creative Agency. We started up two years ago, um, but we basically do everything for SEO um, as long as it involves creativity as well, um, which is hopefully this is what this talk is about as well. Right. Okay. So the dream, you basically created a company for your dream job. Oh, literally it, yeah. <laughs> it's my dream job. SEO and creativity. Lesson number one from Carrie for this episode is create the company that gives you your dream job. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, my dream job is digging into data in the CaliCube database about what appears on brand search. So I did exactly the same thing. Love it. I think the dream is different, but the approach is similar. You missed it. I found it hilarious because I thought if you scroll down a little bit, there might be an article about me in the sun. And it's hilarious. Basically, I got paid by a journalist to talk about, I made something, a fireplace basically, like out of materials. And a journalist spotted it on Twitter once and wrote a story about me. And she paid me like £300. And I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, if I think if you have a quick dig, you might be able to find that story one day. <laughs> Right, I found something from the Times. Somebody wrote an article about you from the Times. Oh, yeah, that one's a good one. Yeah, that was a more oh. about business and stuff. Yeah, I mean, but all of these articles, subject of in the schema markup talk, incredibly <laughs> powerful. What what we've got with CaliCube is we've demonstrated that the articles about the entity yourself, for example, especially yeah. from authoritative sources like that, are incredibly powerful. But that's not what the topic is today. The topic is today, reactive SEO, making it fast. You're saying... Yeah. Generally speaking, we're looking long-term, but we should be looking yeah. short-term. Bits of both. And I ah. think, so when I, I guess I can kind of like give the gist of like when I started in the industry, I started in the industry um, working in kind of content marketing and PR. And it when you work in PR and content marketing, you do a, you do a plan, you know, a 12-month plan of what you want to achieve. And I wor I've worked in SEO all my life. So my, my long-term achievements would nearly always drive organic growth. However, what I saw over time, especially in PR and in content and things like that, that when it comes to traffic, especially, user behavior changed all the time. I used to work on Jet2, for an example, um, and this was many years ago, but it was very common knowledge that when it was raining, Jet2's traffic peaked and bookings for holidays peaked. 
And I always thought, okay, so weather is a driver of search. It, it gets people to search for something, whether that's, you know, a holiday in Spain or whatever it is. And I always found that fascinating around consumer search behavior. And actually, although, you know, people have regular behaviors every single month, but actually it's changing a lot more faster, especially during the pandemic. Right. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic was a great example of, of how fast our needs changed as we got locked down. But also, in fact, what, what Google managed to do really quickly, and there was a massive update towards the beginning of the pandemic, and some people were complaining about that. But I think that, my theory, is that at the beginning of the pandemic, user behavior changed fundamentally. And if they had left the machines to learn from this new behavior, the machines yeah. would have gone off on totally the wrong track. The machine learning would have got out of whack. And they needed yeah. to do something to change that. And the other thing that is that Google My Business panels disappeared. A lot mm -hmm. of Google My Business panels disappeared because the need wasn't there anymore. And that yeah. was incredibly interesting. Obviously, not quite what you're talking about, but that would be a great example of needing to be reactive. And I think a lot of us weren't. Absolutely. Um, do you know what? Stephen Kemright, my co-founder, he said yeah. something about five years ago. He always told me, and it always gave me this confidence in SEO, because he always told me that SEOs feel like they're chasing Google all the time. Users are chasing Google. But he said, they're getting it wrong. I said, why? He went, Google's chasing users. Users are moving faster than Google is. And a lot of people get that wrong, especially in SEO. And that made me think about things differently. It made me think about kind of drivers and facilitators of search and really kind of how consumers behave and the influence of behavior as well. So I guess to kind of rewind as well as the way that I see SEO or the way that I saw it as I started to launch my own agency, we have two sides of search and it's drivers and facilitators. Facilitators are SEO, you know, content, even PPC. Um, this is when people know what they want. They want a holiday in the Maldives or they want a brand new Audi, whatever it is. And they're searching on Google to find information, reviews, you know, uh, to go buy that product, etc. And this facilitating of search is a long term thing. We want to make sure that our clients or our you know, brands or businesses are ranking number one for those search terms. But then there's also drivers. And I think the SEO industry lost sight of drivers over the last few years. But actually, if you see the spend in marketing overall, more brands are spending more money on search than they are on TV. And TV was always a massive driver of search. Right. You know, you see a TV ad of a holiday or um, the brand new car or uh, some sort of TV movie or even. And it influences people's behavior when it comes to search. So I think when it comes to driving search, a lot of people don't really know how to do that. How do we get more people to search for this product every year? Or how do we influence user search behavior in that way? So I think right. we started tracking it. We started tracking live search behavior, similar to Google Trends. What are people searching for every minute of every day? How does that tie to big media moments? But not only big media moments, but how's it tied to the weather? How's it tied to, you know, business news or what's going on on Netflix? It could be all these different channels that's influencing driving a search, and, basically. And to what extent have you managed to actually pull data and be able to map them? I mean, you've said, for example, weather. Obviously, that's yeah. incredibly geosensitive, in which yes. case that's incredibly difficult to track. And Netflix, what's on in a... In, it, you don't know what's on at any given time because people are watching totally different things. It's what's yeah. been released. Uh, different countries, it's a different release. Yeah. How do you keep up with all of that? APIs, if you if you focus on the trending, so if you focus on what's trending on Netflix, what's trending in um, crypto, 
what's trending in the forex market when it comes to stocks and shares and even like um what's trending on um indeed so indeed is a company that you know has millions of job adverts and you can literally see consumer behavior if you're tracking their trending searches right. so if you can get access to that data which a lot of publications and and <clears throat> even like pinterest pinterest and youtube give access to data of trending stories or content on their mm. platforms. So if you look at what's trending right now, you can obviously see the peaks and troughs. These are the things that, you know, have a massive peak. It might be a thousand percent, but you'll also see it die tomorrow. And that's not really what we should be focusing on. But actually, what are the things that rise and stay for at least three months? Because that's when we know that's what consumers are looking for. I always give it a good example. So during the pandemic, um, we was working with, we're still are a, a spa brand. Basically they sell spa deals and we was looking, we was doing some long-term SEO stuff. We was doing onsite content, producing a lot of guides, doing link building, all that stuff to help long-term organic growth. But what things we really missed was people weren't really booking spas. And when they was booking spas, their search behavior changed in terms of what they wanted, specific locations, specific, you know, facilities, things like that. And one of the biggest peaks that we noticed in terms of consumer search behavior is people were looking for, during the pandemic, when nobody could travel and you could only stay in the UK, people were looking for spas that had outdoor pools. And that's because on our we had this tracker and it basically said there was a heat wave. A heat wave was coming and it was like 32 degrees, something like that. And everybody just wanted to sit in a pool outside in the UK. And I don't know about you, but there's not many pools outside in the UK. But surge demand was massive. It went up, I think, around, it was at 200%. And then I think it went up again to another 300%, something like that, when I was tracking it. And when you when I Googled, okay, so who ranks for this term? When people are looking for spas with outdoor pools or outdoor hot tubs and that sort of like you know facilities, who ranks for these terms? And it was a company called Treatwell. And they didn't really have anything good on their website. There was not, you know, they didn't really deserve to get that ranking. In my opinion, there was nothing that good. So I said, right, let's create some on-site content. Let's do some link building. Let's do some PR activity. And let's create some, um, we did guides and all this sort of stuff. We turned it around in our four weeks, uh, just in time for this heat wave that was coming. It was around right. the summer period. And now if you type it in, we rank number one and number two. And that was two years ago. And we have not dropped, we have not dropped in terms of um, positions for that term. But what I'm, right. what I'm trying to get at in terms of <clears throat> the strategy behind that is we knew the long-term behavior of people, but we also spied the short-term behavior. What was people looking for at that time? Because we know as well, when there's a heat wave coming, it more than likely will happen again. And we rank number one and number two for it. That's a kind of right. really simple example. Yeah, no, I'm 100%. And kind of focusing on things that do affect you as a behavior, like the heat wave. I, yes. I thought it was going to be they wanted to be outside because they didn't want to wear a mask, but... That's fine. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually went to a hotel in the middle of the pandemic and they had an indoor spa. And I was thinking, oh, I'll just sit in the spa. It'd be really cool. And they closed it because you couldn't go in. Oh. Um, so I was terribly disappointed. And they didn't. Yeah, a lot of spas. Yeah, that was another reason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, so sorry, you, you mentioned brand or you mentioned searching for specific products. And that, for me, that comes back to brands and products. Um, yeah. How important is that in your strategies to get people to drive those brand searches? Massive. So, um, yeah. agree. Um, How lovely. <laughs> so Tom, I, th I forgot his last name, but he did a talk, a couple of, um, on your video, actually, on th this exact thing. Tom oh, from Moz. Tom Kappa? 
Oh, no. Tom Critchlow was on the show. Might have been Tom Critchlow then. I don't know. Anyway, carry on. Anyway, somebody called Tom in the SEO, I'll have to send it, I'll tweet it out, basically has done a study and they looked at the ranking factors of um, different, looked at maybe 500 brands um, across time. And essentially what they realized is branded search is correlating with position one rankings more than links. So basically... No, I'm sorry. I've got a really good story for that. In fact, one of my uh, ex-clients, a uh, flower delivery company in France called Aquila, Okay, tell me more. And what they did every Mother's Day and every St. Valentine's Day, they yeah. pushed out absolutely loads of ads for the yeah. four days before. Yeah. And what happened is they were ranking second to Interflora for every single term, flower yeah. delivery, name of town in any town in France. And for yeah. those four days, they would go number one. And after yes. the four days, they stopped the ads and they went back down again. It happened exactly. every year for three years. It was brilliant. Yeah. So exactly it. We're seeing the same. What we're seeing is, so historically, you know, the famous, in the flower industry especially, Interflora is very famously well known for building loads of links to the website just in times of Mother's Day's help rankings. And that that worked years ago. Uh, yeah. doesn't anymore. Actually, what we're seeing is if we can get more people to search for, you know, the brand plus the keyword, that's even better. So if you can get more people to search for Skyscanner Flights or, um, I'm trying to think. Um, At flowers. Yeah, exactly. Um, or a trader or, you know, BMW or whatever it is. If you could get more people to search for the brand and the keyword, that is correlating with number one rankings more than links that, than uh, ever has. And that's the most interesting thing. So we've started to run a lot of work and campaigns around how do we get people to search? How do we get people to search for brand plus keyword? That was my question then. So this is going to be a knowledge nugget, I'm sure. How do you yeah. get people to search for brand plus keyword? Brand campaigns. Get get people to, um, you have to be very clear. This is why SEO needs to be part of branding, needs to be part of PR and all of these like brand activities. I'm so passionate about it. And the reason being is you have to be clever with it because you could also get people to search for something that you don't want. I'll give you a good example. So this is really interesting. This was maybe summertime last year. We was tracking search demand for fashion products. We work with a lot of fashion brands. So we're tracking hundreds of thousands of keywords across different things. Anyway, one of our trackers basically said that pink jeans, very specific product, pink jeans was trending on search. And this is just on Google. So it went went up about 2000%. And we were thinking, you know, I've never worn a pair of pink jeans. So it's very rare. Like, why is pink jeans trending? And we looked into it and it's because Zara had done some brand ads um, on TikTok. And it was all of these gorgeous girls wearing these pink jeans, doing these dances, you know, as to do on TikTok. But it basically created a trend for pink jeans. Everybody wanted to wear them. So searches went up. Zara sold out because people saw the ads. You know, they knew Zara sold these pink jeans. But actually, Zara pink jeans searches for brand and the product was a lot lower than the actual product so people just wanted pink jeans they didn't care whether it was from zara they didn't care where they was from they just wanted pink jeans but when i googled pink jeans zara were nowhere to be seen so zara didn't even rank for that keyword i I was going to ask that did they actually plan ahead and the answer is no they didn't no and that's when I, I was like, right i've got something i always remember this oh it's the best feeling in the world you know because i remember thinking brands are using TikTok, they're using TV ads, they're using paid social, all of these things mm. to drive consumer demand for products like pink jeans, for an example. But they don't even rank for it. 
so you can tell that brand and SEO teams don't work together. So I said, what if we reverse engineer this? What if I pull a list of everything we rank number one for and we run brand campaigns off the back of that, whether that's TV ads, um, TikTok campaigns, influencers, and get everybody to be talking about this product. And because it, we rank number one and the search demand goes up, we get the traffic. So we did it. We did a campaign with Pretty Little Thing. We pulled the top 10 um, products that they ranked number one for. And one of them, uh, we also, you know, considered um, how much product we have in stock to make sure if we're creating a trend, we, we need to make sure that we can actually serve this, you know, and don't sell out quickly. So we pulled a list of 10 products that they ranked number one for. And one of them was um, something called, well, it's a halter neck top. It's a very specific style top in summer that a lot of a lot of girls wear, I guess. Searches per month was around 36,000 um, before we did the campaign. Um, and what we did is we did influencers, TikTok ads, email marketing, social media. We did all of this thing and all to get search a search trend around halter neck top. Halter neck tops went up 860% in the space of five days. We drove right. 80, uh, we drove 80,000 people to pretty little thing, organic, no paid, literally organically. And that's because we ranked number one for that term. So we basically reversed engineered search trends. We got more people to search for that and off the back of this sold out, completely sold out the product. Right. And that's what I think a lot of the SEO industry, I've worked in SEO all my life. And I've, I've always thought there's something missing here. We can impact search behavior. And similar thing happened with Misguided. So um, fashion right, uh, the- Sorry, d- 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 just, just to, to, to come back to that, I mean, yeah. the, 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 you're talking big brands who can actually drive this massive volume. For a yeah. smaller brand, what can you effectively do? I mean, content strategies. What we do is push out an awful lot of content and we yeah. drive searches around our brand and for the topics around our CaliCube, knowledge panels, brand SERPs. Brand search being a great example is we created the term and we've created a demand for a term that didn't exist a year ago. Uh, and it's been a real struggle. What can you do? What can you suggest to me as a small company with a very small budget and a tiny team yeah, that I can do? Content marketing is a thing. It's literally, if you can create uh, yeah, on-site, on-site content, um, if you can promote that through social media, because social media is free, then that's the way that you can get people to search for your brand and your product. Ultimately, if you take, especially in the B2B tech space, uh, take Monday.com. I love what they're doing right now. Monday.com have got massive budgets and they're doing everything from out of home, you know, and um, the underground and things like that right now. But when they first ever started, all they had was social media and a blog. But that's what got people to know about Monday.com. They started, um, so Monday.com's key competitor was Asana. And what they did from a content strategy point of view is they basically said, right, Asana, we're going after you. So they created a shit ton of content on their blog and on their website, which is Monday.com versus Asana. Which one is better? Monday.com versus Asana. Top tricks of, you know, using our tools or whatever. So they went after Asana and straight away, people who was using Asana started seeing the Monday.com content and they may not have seen Monday.com before. But they drove branded search. People were searching for Monday.com project management tool. They wanted to know about it. So that was a real clever strategy that, I, in my opinion, Monday.com did with when they they basically got a competitor and said, "We're competing now. Nobody else deserves to be in these brand search or we're we're com- we're coming after you." And I think people do that in P- PPC quite a lot. I always remember right. the famous. This is a big budget one, but the famous example of iPhone bidding on uh, Samsung key terms. Um, but yeah, using PPC again is that is what drives people to search because you're building a brand. I've always noticed that in when you're a smaller business, you always start with kind of 
on-site content, PPC and social media. Um, and then you build up the brand from there. Um, but yeah, I think that Monday.com was one of the best organic examples. Brilliant. Well, we'll, well, we'll do that. And John Miller was talking about pull searches. And when he says pull searches, he actually means branded search. Uh, and oh. one thing he said a few times on Twitter, which really pleases me, obviously, because I'm in brand search, yes. is everybody should be focusing more on brand SERPs. They don't look at it enough. There you go. The brand SERP guy. This is me educating Google. And that's you were saying earlier on that Stephen was talking about not chasing Google. And yeah. for me, it's not chasing Google, it's educating Google, who you are, what you do, who your audience is, so that it yeah. can ma match you to the people who actually need what you're providing. Yeah. Exactly. And that's really what Google is always trying to do is go, okay, well, who is the best person to answer this query when it comes to flights to Maldives or when it comes to buying an Audi or buying the next pet or whatever it is? Um, so if you can attach your brand to that keyword. So um, one of the most clever things that I did is you know, digital PR is a big driver of what we do because digital PR not only facilitates search because we build links, but it drives search. It's campaigns that get people, that get the brand out there. You know, we're building links not only on, you know, um, your regular publications, but on national press. And this is driving people to search for the brand that's the back of that. Um, and what I did is I wanted to make sure that Riser 7 were the brand known for digital PR. And if you type in digital PR agency, I think we rank number one now, but that's because of the brand activity we've done. I have not spent a penny on SEO. Not a penny. I haven't, I, my SEO team haven't even looked at my website because my, I only went live with a new website last week, to be fair. The website I built was the one that, in my bedroom that I did when I first launched the agency. But you can see that Google is ranking Rise at 7 di for digital PR terms, for an example, because that's what we're known for as a brand. So I think brand is massively important. No, 100%. And in fact, Karai Gabur talks a lot about topical authority and uh, Andrea Volpini from WordLift. That idea of attaching your brand to a topic, it's incredibly important, the topic layer and the knowledge graph. It's all getting really exciting from that point of view. But kind of one thing I do see is that brands drive a lot of branded search or brand searches. And yet when you look at their brand SERP, it isn't thought through. It isn't optimized. It doesn't look yeah. brilliant, um, which is one of the things I, I'm finding very frustrating because from my perspective, that's your business card. Yeah, or looking that to your homepage. Um, what, what, here's, I'm asking you for advice. What can I do to get people more excited about this terribly boring pool search topic? <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, or have I put you on the spot? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh, I do apologize. Sorry. I mean, the, you... the... Go on, sorry. Sorry. I mean, you know, from my perspective, driving brand searches immediately kind of uh, pushes up my, the presence of my brand, which I really love. And I'm terribly, terribly keen on that idea, but it doesn't drive my topic. And I'm kind of yeah. thinking, how can I drive my topic to get people to search for my topic? Um, exactly. which is something I'm struggling with doing. And once again, coming back to the idea, I don't have a massive, uh, Google ads budget or yeah. TikTok budget for that matter. I've never thought about <laughs> TikTok. TikTok is actually quite cheap, by the way. It's one of the cheapest, um, platforms for, um, getting your brand out there in terms of paid. Um, which is, oh. I guess, a contact for people to know. Um, have, have, I, have you dri driven TikTok strategy successfully? Yeah, massive. Yeah. Oh, right. it's, been, it's been huge, um, especially from a search point of view. TikTok is one of the biggest drivers of search right now. It sells out not only a product, but also behavior. So um, I, I kind of like uh, touched on this before, but there was in, a lot of influences around September time. Everybody was in Dubai. I don't know why, but everybody was in Dubai. It was just like a thing. And, and there was videos and all of this sort of stuff around Dubai on TikTok. 
And basically my, the tracker that I use, well, we've built our own and it looked at trending searches basically. And um, Dubai searches um, skyrocketed over wow. over 3,000%. And I, I basically looked into who was ranking. It was Tui. And I, I messaged the person because I know who works at Tui. And I just said, I bet you guys have got a lot of traffic right now for Dubai. And she was like, yeah, how do you know? And I said, because I'm tracking right now of what's going on on TikTok off the back of it. Um, locate trends other than Google trends. All right. So um, for the people who are listening and not watching, we've just got a question from Zanet Design. Carrie, are there any tools you would recommend that would help locate trends other than Google Trends? Yeah, the answer is Rise no. at 7, isn't it? <laughs> Rise at 7. This is the thing because there's trends everywhere and no one really pulled them into one. So we've created this live tool and it's, it's, a, it's a dashboard. It's honestly a dashboard, in it, but it tracks everything. The markets, it, ta- it tracks um, site search. I think a lot of people forget what's going on on your website. So if you're working with a travel brand, for an example, you can literally see live what people are searching for in terms of destinations, where they want to go. And that was the biggest, most important thing for me. So I was working with a flight company called Next Vacay. They're in the UK, in the US, sorry. And they basically sell um, flight deals. And as you can imagine, their industry was extremely reactive during the pandemic. They couldn't plan for anything that, you know, one minute things were on a red list, next amber, next red, then green. Oh my God, it was up, up there everywhere. But we could see, I did not need to follow the government in terms of what countries were open because all I needed to look at is site search. And that was the most interesting thing. I could literally see people, what where people was wanting to go off the back of, you know, government announcing Australia is open or you could now fly to Ireland or whatever it is. So we was tracking kind of um, live searches on site search to understand consumer search behavior. Um, and therefore using that as a way to remarket. So whether that's through email marketing, social media, pushing posts out on social and things like that, but on-site content and putting that at the forefront of the blog to make sure that, okay, well, everybody's searching right now to get to Dubai. How do we make sure that we come up all the time when it comes to Dubai? So I think that reactive approach really helped with Next Vacay in that time. Yeah. And and kind of, I think the the thing people would be frightened of with that is being too late to the party. I, you see the trend, you create your content and it's already too late. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there a a, a way around that or is it a losing game unless you actually predict what's going to be coming? So at Ryan's. Or as you said earlier, create what's going to be happening by creating the demand. Or that, yeah, you have full control then. You can literally, I said this to, um, I'm working with a UK travel brand. And I said, now I know how to create search demand. I can get people. So they rank number one for Cornwall holidays. And um, because that's one of their biggest search term, everybody going to Cornwall and booking like UK holidays. And I said, what if I ran a campaign to get everybody in Cornwall? Everybody book it. And there was like, yeah, how do we do that? Because that's going to be worth millions to us. And so it's so powerful how much SEOs can actually drive people to search through content marketing, using PR, working with your brand teams. I was just about to say something then, which was really important. Um, I thought it was really interesting that you mentioned. Oh, right. And I interrupted. Oh, I do apologize. That's all right. Um, what was it? I don't know. And that's the unfortunate <laughs> thing is I can't read your mind. I know, right? I completely messed up the moment when you were going to say the most incredible, insightful thing in the entire universe. That moment is now gone. And <laughs> humanity will never know. It'll come back to me. It always does. I guess to answer the question that was um, um, mentioned just before, so which tools are the best to use when it comes to, you know, looking at trends? 
Google Trends, which is obvious. Um, Twitter, so Twitter has a trending search. Um, Twitter, I uh, can't speak. Trending t- topics when it comes to Twitter. Uh, Pinterest, so Pinterest basically shows all of the trending topics on Pinterest in the UK, US, and Europe as well. So, you, I, for an example, I work with a, a kitchen retailer, and we saw um, that kitchens with islands in the middle was trending the other day um it must have been like a, something happened basically getting everybody to search for it um and i i send that information this is what's trending right now on pinterest so we looked at google we looked at amazon all these different kind of platforms because actually people are searching everywhere and we saw the exact same story that they weren't just searching for kitchens with, with these islands on in and there but also on google as well so we sent this insight to our client the first thing that they did is put email marketing out paid uh, social medias paid ads basically so that they could capture that traffic um so pinterest is one of them um what else is there if you head to oh i'll have to tweet them out but if you go on um there's a government trend in searches um website basically the government reveal what people are searching for on their website and it could be due due to like tax rebates things like that it doesn't sound that interesting but actually it is really interesting um youtube as well so if you use keyword tool that io for an example you can look at trending searches on youtube as well brilliant oh wonderful right that that's a really nice way to finish it and i love uh trending topics on twitter is the new tongue twister oh I, that really <laughs> yeah that was hard work but I've, I've been practicing in my head while you were talking i was actually <laughs> listening to you but i was going around in my head because then i could get it right trending topics in twitter is a new tongue twister <clears throat> Thank you very much. Thank you, Carrie. That was absolutely lovely. Uh, I cheated at the end there with my tongue twister. Uh, mm-hmm. It was really interesting conversation. I love what you were talking about. I love what you guys are doing at Rise at 7. Thank you for celebrating our 100th anniversary. Yay! And I'm now going to announce next week with t- Tim Sorrow, uh, revealing the secrets of keyword data. That's going to be incredibly interesting. Tim's a great guy, incredibly intelligent. I've interviewed him before in Australia, and he's coming back next week uh, to talk about all of that stuff. Can you please uh, pass the baton, Kerry? Yes, sure. I'll pass. The- Do I go that way or the other way? It's <laughs> really difficult, yeah. <laughs> so you've passed the baton. Right. Brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kerry. Thank you, everybody, for watching. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Anton, who's beside behind the scenes in... Uh, Ukraine, safely away from Kiev in the middle of the country somewhere. Glad you're safe, Anton. Thank you for joining us today and see you very soon. Thank you.